understand you when you come to understand your speech to understand the way about you your the culture of your life the culture of your love our lord and our master we don't want to have any other kind of relationship with you except that of a lover and its beloved that's why we seek to enter that fellowship. We seek to access that place, that way, to inherit your loves. Our Father, we thank you and give you glory. We can't sing enough songs. We can't, we can't speak enough because words cannot say what you are, what you mean to us. So, Lord, we ask you accept our worship tonight. We pray that you will allow your spirit freely to come among us and to bring a representation of your person to bring fellowship father we want to fellowship with you tonight by the in the spirit and in truth father we ask oh god let there be help for our hearts tonight to participate fully holy in this baptism of love immersing us into your love dipping us into the streams of your of your love may you take us so deep that we will never come out again we will never in the name of jesus thank you for these love letters the, the word of god the scriptures which you have which they testify of your love and of your your goodness your kindness and your mercy to the children of men father we pray for help today by your spirit to find a portion of the food of the meal which you've designed to bless us today i ask lord for the utterance which your spirit gives the anointing of the holy ghost to minister the new testament i am praying lord let grace come for help for elevation for increase to every soul under the sound of my voice i yield my vessel unto you my father use me i use me father fully to speak your word to find the right landmarks in the scripture to even find the grace for utterance to describe your truth this evening Thank you, our Father. We give all the glory to your name. Blessed be your holy name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. Good evening to everybody. Um, God bless you. Please just welcome someone today and tell them I'm glad you're here. I'm glad to see you. Amen. Um, shall we all aware of our convention coming up in September. 
Yes, so September 24th to to 26th, praise God. Um, so I'm, I'm sure we're already getting ready. We've been, been praying, we've started praying already. Um, I, I don't know how many of us have been able to join the prayers that we've been doing on Mondays and, and Fridays, praise God. If you... If you've, um, if you're not able, I think we have the recordings. Um, praise the Lord. Um, the Lord is still trying to to crystallize uh, what the, the the core message, uh, what what this season, what they are trying to bring to us this season. Praise the Lord. Um, so I pray that the Lord will help every one of us to uh, for. Uh, I think what the Lord is doing right now is just plowing our hearts, opening it, getting it ready, getting it tuned. Amen. Uh, for the blessing that's to come. Praise the Lord. Amen. Uh, let's open our Bibles. Praise the Lord. Oh, how are you? Happy to see you. Praise God. Amen. Sopranos. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to your name. Thank you. Thank you. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. And let's see um First Corinthians chapter First Corinthians chapter twelve. Amen. First Corinthians twelve. I'll uh, read from from verse um, thirty-one, just the last verse, and then praise God. Um, verse thirty-one. It says, "But covet earnestly the best gifts, and yet show I unto you a more excellent way." Praise the Lord. Amen. Show I unto you a word. A more excellent way than chapter 13, the, the last verse. It says, And now abided faith, hope, and charity. And uh, the, now abided faith, hope, charity. These three. But the greatest of these is what? Charity. Uh, of these is char- as charity. Praise God. And verse, chapter 14, verse 1. It says, Now follow after charity. And desire spiritual gifts, but rather that ye may what prophesy. Praise the Lord. Um, so we're seeing um, the uh, Paul across this these whole these three chapters. Praise God. Um, Paul, he was dealing with the the church here. He was dealing with church matters, right? If you go all the way back to even from most of this first Corinthians letter was just handling issues with the church, right? Um, praise God. If the beginning part of the of the letter was dealing with their carnal issues. Praise God, and he dealt with it a bit. And at this point, he began to deal with um, their activities in the in the church. 
praise God there while maybe during meetings and all that. And he explained in the whole of chapter 12 about spiritual gifts. Um, chapter 12 verse 1, he said, Now concerning spiritual, spiritual gifts, brethren, I will not have you ignorant. And he began to teach them about the, what the gifts are. They are different operations. And he taught about gifts. And he moved on and began to teach about offices within the church. Praise God. Amen. He taught about offices within the church, not offices in the body of Christ, like the fivefold. You know, he, he taught that in Ephesians chapter 4. Praise God. Amen. But here he was speaking concerning offices within the church, within local assemblies. Praise the Lord. Um, after teaching about the gifts, he now taught about those he has set some in the church. If you go towards the end, right, and, and then some of them sound like gifts, but they are not just gifts. They are actually people who they have set in the church. You know, it's not the same thing. Someone, everybody can, can be, everybody can have gifts of prophecy, but in a local church, they can set some prophets in the church. They are not, not the pastor, but they are set for, for, to operate gifts for that local assembly. You can have someone with a gift of interpretation of tongues, who within a local assembly is set by the Spirit. It's not the only one who can interpret tongues, but they can. You see all these things here. In this place, he listed them apostle, prophet, praise God. Amen. You see what apostle, you see what? You see a prophet there. Amen. You don't see evangelists there, right? Because they, don't, they didn't set evangelists in the church. That's not where they are set. They set them in the field. Predominantly, praise God. Even though they are part of the fivefold, you understand that. Praise God. Um, so, so you see a lot, a lot of things. So he 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 mentioned. If you read verse twenty-eight, let's see that. Uh, he says, and 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 God has said some in the church. Praise God. So you need to understand how he said. Read verse twenty-seven. He says, and yeah, the body of Christ and members in particular. So he's speaking concerning. The members, you know, there's the there's the head of the church who is Christ, praise God, and you have his the ministers of the head, who are the the fivefold. When in Ephesians chapter five he ascended on high, and then gave gifts to men, those are the gifts of the head. So not not every believer is carrying gifts of the head of the church. Those who carry gifts of the head are representatives of the head of the church praise god Hallelujah. and so such people they have uh, the difference between such people and just these the ones who are set in local communities of ch or churches um, is that those ones they have more of a body focus praise the lord they have a body focus than these ones who are set locally within a church so these ones who are set locally within the church they are taken from the members so they are set among the members. Praise the Lord. So verse 27 says, Now ye are the body of Christ and the members in particular. And then God has set some in the church. Then first apostles, then secondary prophet. Now these apostles and prophets, they are apostles according to the order of the fivefold. Praise God. Do you see an apostle? Do you see prophet? Then you see, then you see teachers. 
Now, out of the fivefold, there are two they didn't mention. One is pastor, and the pastor is implied. Praise God, because of course he's the pastor of the local church. Amen. But out of apart from the pastor, there are there are there are two: the apostles, then the prophet, and you see teachers. Uh-huh. So those are actually um, they actually set in churches. They are set for churches. In other words, every church. These are the should have, of course every church should have a pastor, but every church should also have the connection to apostolic grace, and also there's teaching grace as well. Praise the Lord, and then there's prophetic, there's apostolic, there's also teaching. Praise God, and he's listing them in order. Is actually this is I believe is descending order, in which, in which he's he's listing their their the the way he set them. Setting means he set them in order in the churches praise the lord and then after that you now see miracles <laughs> are you seeing miracles there praise god so miracles just under teachers then you see you see what so teachers then you see what thirdly praise god so you see the word first second third it gives you a sign of order concerning them praise the lord when you when you mentioned the gifts of the spirit, you won't see first, second, third. It didn't it didn't elevate anyone above the other. It just said to one is giving, to the other one is giving, giving as gift. Gifts are given. These are not gifts. These are not giving. He said he set them first. He set the uh, the the apostle. Then secondarily, so the prophet is secondary to the apostle. Praise the Lord. So the, the first apostle, then secondarily, the prophet. Praise God. And then thirdly, you have more teachers. Then just under teachers, you now have the, then after that, miracles. Praise the Lord. You see miracles, then you now see gifts of what? Healing. So gifts of healings are specific. It's not just miracles. Praise the Lord, Amen. Gifts of healing are, are specific, and then you have you have what miracles. Then you have what gifts of healing. Then you have helps. Helps are various kinds of helps ministries. Then governments. Then you see diversities of tongues. Praise God. Now, you notice that after teachers, they mention the apostle. They mention the prophet. They mention the teachers. Praise God. Those three are the ones that are part of the fivefold. So they are the ones, and they have to set the order of them. Then all the others come after under that. When you look at the other ones, they didn't set their order. They just told you that they are, and I believe the order of those things, they, are, they actually interplay according to the, according to the emphasis praise God, of the time, the emphasis of the season in the local church. Praise the Lord. But, but when it comes to offices, there is the first office. The apostolic office is the first office in the body of Christ. Then it is followed by the prophetic office. Then it's followed by the what? The, the office of the teacher. Praise the Lord. Amen. So after that, miracles, then gifts of healing then helps, then governments, then what? Diversities of tongues, praise God. 
Um, then verse 20, 29, he says, Are all apostles, are all prophets, and are all teachers, and all workers of miracles have all the gifts of healing, do all speak with tongues, do all interpret, but covet earnestly the best gifts. Praise God. So you should covet the best gifts, but then I show you unto you a more excellent way. Praise the Lord. <clears throat> I show unto you a what? A more, a more excellent way. Then he continues in chapter 13 verse 1. Those I, though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels and have no charity, I am become as sounding brass or a tingling cymbal. Praise the Lord. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have what all faith, so that I could move mountains, and have no charity, I am nothing. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be born, and have no charity, it profited me what nothing. Charity suffereth long; it is kind. Charity envieth not. Charity vaunted not itself; it's not puffed up. Doth not behave itself unseemly; it seeketh not her own. Is not easily provoked, thinketh no evil, rejoiceth not in iniquity, but rejoiceth in the truth. It beareth all things, it believeth all things, hopeth all things, endureth all things, charity never faileth. But whether there be prophecies, they shall fail, whether there be tongues, they shall cease, whether there be knowledge, it shall vanish away. For we know in part, we prophesy in part. Praise God. But when that which is perfect is come, that which is in part shall be done away. And when I was a child, I spake as a child, I understood as a child, I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. For now we see through a glass darkly, but then face to face. Now I know in part. But then shall I know even else, as also I am known. And now abided faith, hope, then charity. Praise God. Amen. Now these three, but the greatest of these is charity. Praise the Lord. Amen. So you see, charity is, that's really what the, the, the way, the way, that the Lord wants to open up in the church is actually, this is the way that God wants to open up in the church. Praise God. Hallelujah. So, and then verse chapter 14, verse 1, it says, follow after the charity. So charity is the way, you know, that excellent way, a way is meant to be followed. So he's telling you, follow after charity and then also the desire spiritual gifts but rather that ye may prophesy praise god okay now um this excellent way say excellent 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 way i think we're seeing on hebrews hebrews chapter one let's read hebrews Hebrews chapter 1, it says, God who at sundry times and in diverse manners spake in time past unto the fathers by the prophets, had in this last day spoken unto us by his Son, whom he had appointed the heir of all things, 
by whom also he made the worlds, who being the brightness of his glory, the express image of his person, and upholding all things by the word of his power. When he had by himself purged abode our sins, sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high, being made so much better than the angels, as he had by inheritance obtained a more what? A more excellent name than they, as he had what by what? By inheritance obtained a more excellent name than they. Praise the Lord. So, so the these excellent name, the, the word excellent in the Bible here is not just it's not just an English word. It's talking about when they say something is excellent, is telling you that it is higher, it is better, it is actually um, it's something that is above what is common to men. Praise the Lord. It is above what is what what is common to men, and that's what. Paul was trying to teach the church that um, because I, I don't know how this church could have been this First Corinthian church, but I perceive the kind of things that Paul was dealing with. I, I think partly uh, maybe one of the problem was that he lost sight of what what the uniqueness of church. Praise God! They lost sight of the unique the unique point the purpose. Of the institution of the church, so you find that imagine a church that came behind in no gates. They had all the gates of the spirit operational, but many of them were still carnal. Praise the Lord. Many of them were still what? Many of them were still carnal. They had different. Some were not carnal. Maybe some had. Maybe not uh, journeyed a little bit, but there was something about their about their their focus in the spirit praise god and so paul had to now explain he was using detailed terms in first corinthians chapter 13 that you you have this and this and this but there's one thing if you don't have it it's nothing he explained through different uh, praise god he went into even giving of being charitable in the natural sense praise god like in a natural sense if you ask you what is charity giving your goods bestowing your goods to the poor that is the meaning of charity right so um someone who loves naturally so i told you are you seeing this church was doing all those things if you look at first corinthians 13 you see different churches there in what they describe Praise God. There are some churches that they, their own is just gifts of the Spirit. And that is the focus. Just gifts, gifts, gifts. And then there are some that don't. Mm, gifts, okay, you can speak in tongues of angels or kudos to you. But really, really, it's just about giving. Christianity is just about giving, you know. So they, are, they focus more on what? On just giving. Praise God. Amen. Then there are some who don't believe in that. There are some who who, who believe in self-sacrifice. So don't stay in your comfortable house and be doing speaking in tongues or even praise God, creating charities. No, let's go to the Middle East. Let's go to where they are killing Christians. Let's go to North Korea. Praise the Lord and let's go. On. So these are different Christian philosophies. Uh, praise the Lord that. <laughs> So these are different places that churches, Christians can camp around and 
the defined Christianity about all those things. And he said, no, you can have all these things. But there's one thing, if you don't have this thing called charity, what happened? Nothing. He kept using the word nothing, nothing, nothing. Praise God. And nothing is a strong word. All right? He didn't say you haven't profited much. Like they will say bodily exercise profited little. He doesn't say nothing. Little. There's some profit there. <laughs> Praise God. Amen. Praise the Lord. So, amen. But when it comes to the church, this is a, these are strict languages. Um, Paul used strict languages for anything that has to do with church because church is not like and it's not an NGO. It's not just something that you you do anyhow. It's not a place where you come and mix things. Let's do a little bit of this, a little bit of that. It's not a place where you come to balance things. For instance, when you, you want to balance things, go to the United Nations. Uh, nations come to let's decide okay talk your own say your own okay how can we make peace praise god but the church is not like that some people think church should be like that but it's a it's a perfect it's a carnal uh, understanding praise god it's like a carnal man is trying to use his mind to explain something that god instituted church was god's idea it wasn't man's idea full it's completely fully god's idea what the church should look like men don't know it mm. praise god so sometimes we can that's why it's not good to administer anything or to do any kind of administration in the church without the without the full the full um oversight government of the spirit of god praise god the the, the church is a, is purely a spiritual terrain and if you you mix the wisdom you spoil it praise god when you mix the wisdom you take okay god give me some more you bring some of your own you will spoil the church what you will produce will no longer be church so so paul was was showing here that there is there is a actually a place i think we were saying that on monday night that there is a place and there is a marker in the in the spirit where things begin to count. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. That anything before this point is nothing. Anything before this level, this place is nothing. It doesn't, it doesn't really, really count. Praise the Lord. And, and this is, uh, to me, I, I found this very insightful when the Lord began to show this to me. And I began to ask the Lord, okay, what about faith? What about those who have faith? But they have not. They, are, they don't have love yet. They don't have this kind. They even have some love. Let's say they have faith in the Lord Jesus, praise God, and they have love to all these things. You know, Paul commended some Christians who had those things. The Ephesian Church, the Colossian Church, praise God. If he, he commended them, and he, and then he built, he began to pray for them. And you know, Paul did not dwell too much on that. He didn't even really. It wasn't really too much of a commendation. He just mentioned it that wow, I heard that you are doing all these things, your news has traveled abroad, but then I began to pray for them. Praise the Lord. So, so because, and what was he praying for them? The God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, will grant unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation, the knowledge of him, that eyes of your understanding, being that you might know hope. Now, what is hope? Hope is the, is the transitioner. 
is the one is hope is what transitions men mm. into the realm of significance. Mm. It's hope that makes things. It's when <laughs> when hope is born. Say it again. You, hope is what opens what the sight of it. it. Hope creates the awareness of inheritance within a soul. Amen. So the purpose of that sight is that that hope, you may know the hope of his calling, then the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. Praise God. The riches. So I now began to say that somebody who only has faith has not inherited anything. Amen. But even having faith is a great feat in the spirit. <laughs> Praise God. It's, and it's good you you have faith. But, but you have, you've not inherited. You've not inherited it. Praise God. It's not, you've not, in, you don't have the properties in the spirit. I mean, if you, faith is not the nature of God. A soul can have faith, but not have the nature of God. Faith is what you use to get God's nature. So until you have God's nature, you don't really have it. You don't have anything. That thing of, that thing of ownership is powerful in the spirit. Ownership is, is actually so powerful. If a man owns something, come and take everything around him. Tamper with his environment. Tamper with his life. Tamper with everything. He's still what? The same. He still has. That's a, a man who owns. But a man who only has faith, there are things you can do. To do what? To. <laughs> Praise God. Praise the Lord. So, so, amen. So, there is a, a realm beyond faith that soul needs to come into, it's the realm of inheritance. So, and that's what happened to Jesus. They say, as he had by inheritance. Do you see that? Not by faith. Jesus did not obtain a more excellent name. Just, it's not, he's, the name he has is not a faith in him. That's one of the errors of people who claim things by faith. I am immortal by faith because I declare by faith. I am God's. I am seated on the throne in heavenly places by faith. By faith. That is a, is a lack of understanding. Well, let's even assume that you can have that thing by faith. It's not yours. Still. And most of them, they don't, they don't even have it by faith. Because, you know, faith is not, uh, is not your uh, psyching. You psych yourself, psych yourself till you can see yourself sitting on the throne. Maybe you say it. Maybe you say it every day, throne, throne, me, throne, me, throne, me, throne, me, God, throne, every day. And then you psych yourself. You know, some, some guys think that the, the more they say it, the more yeah, that makes it happen. <laughs> Professor, declare it, claim it. If, if God's throne can be claimed like that, then you're not the first person who will get there are guys who have, who have come before you who can claim anything. <laughs> who would have claimed everything. Praise God. Yeah. Amen. So it's not, it's, not like, it's not like that. 
um, there is a way of there's a way of ownership in the spirit, and that's what the Lord wants to open up to souls. And that is is a way, is a skill of that the soul must must have how to come into inheritance in the spirit. And that's how they train the Lord Jesus Christ. They say, "Come and inherit what men cannot cannot see, what men cannot find, what men cannot." You know, he had a unique sight. They call it the mind of Christ in in Philippians chapter two. Right, so let this mind be in you is a particular mind, is the mind of an inheritor. Mm-hmm. Now, when he came, he counted on not robbery to be equal with God, he humbled himself, he took on the form of his servant. That is all skill of inheritance. He humbled and humbled and humbled until he found himself in fashion of, uh, as a man. Then he began to humble again. Praise God. Then he continued and what became subject unto death, even what the death of the cross, praise the Lord, and then therefore had God highly exalted him and then given him a name far above. So you see that process of how he was exalted, he was by inheritance. So in his, when he was in flesh, he was carrying out the activity of inheritance in the flesh. Amen. Amen. Am I making sense to you? Yes. So, so that's Paul, what Paul is telling this church that is that thank God for all these things around you. But there is something called the most, there's a more excellent way. I show you now a more excellent way. The way that, the way that is, that excels. The higher way. Praise God. The, the way that is higher. Praise God. Than all these other things. And I think I was mentioning before that it's not every, it's not every Corinthian who was carnal. Praise God. If all of them were carnal, I don't think there would have been a church for Paul to come and, to come and be writing to. They would have scattered sins. <laughs> Praise God. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Maybe, I, I think that, because when you read this conversation, there's mixture in the, in the Bible. Sometimes you will say some things that pertain to the more spiritual of them. And then some things that pertain to the more, those who are still more carnal of them. So, so some of them here must have come into the faith of Christ already. <clears throat> Many of them must have come into the faith of Christ. Though you see those who have understood, you see, he's talking about even though you, you have the gift of prophecy, you understand all mysteries and all knowledge. And though I have all faith so that I can move mountains and have no charity, praise the Lord. I am what? I am nothing. Praise God. Hallelujah. So, um, this uh, in inheritance um, in the spirit is what God wants to make souls to become very, very effective at. Of course, what do you need to inherit? You need to inherit what? What is that? The nature of God, right? Yes, you need to inherit the nature. How many of us understand that? Praise God. And so to inherit God's nature, it is you have to the way of inheritance has to open up. Right? You have to the first land you inherit is Christ. Then you have to then you inherit God. Praise the Lord. I think on Monday we also saw Second Peter. Let's let's just read that again. Second Peter, um, chapter one, 
Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Uh, he says, Simon Peter, a servant and an apostle of Jesus Christ, to them that have obtained like precious faith with us. So they have already obtained. They've obtained like precious faith through, um, through the righteousness of God and our Savior Jesus Christ. And grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our what? Our Amen. Lord. So grace and peace be multiplied. They've obtained like precious faith, but something needs to be multiplied. And anywhere you see the word multiply is for the purpose of inheriting. Yes, sir. Uh, praise the Lord. Every, everywhere you see what? Uh, it's for the purpose of inheritance. The first time you saw the word multiply in the Bible is for that. That's what the word is for that purpose. Replenish the earth. Right? Be fruitful. Multiply. Then replenish the earth and subdue it. Are you seeing that? So that replenishing the earth, you need to become to you need to multiply to replenish and then to subdue. Say subdue. Subdue. Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. Um the purpose of so you see the same example you see the the Lord did not begin to speak to Israel about inheritance in terms of it was what he spoke to their fathers concerning it. Then after a while it was almost as if he was even silent towards them. They were in Egypt, they were just doing their thing there. He was blessing them, praise the Lord. It was almost like indirectly helping them. But he wasn't dealing with them yet. He was just waiting. What was he waiting for? He was just waiting for them to multiply. Am I correct? Because in order to, if they don't multiply, they cannot fulfill their destiny for what, praise God, destiny of why the Lord had chosen their father and then made a covenant with him. Praise God. Remember when the Lord chose him? Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Remember in the book of Genesis, right? At the point when he blessed him, one of the things that he said is that, um, today have I sworn in blessing, I'll bless you, multiply, I'll multiply you. That was after he went to, he passed the test at the mountain of Moriah, right? I'll bless and I'll bless you, multiply, and I'll multiply thy seed. Praise God. I'll multiply thy seed as, as the stars of heaven, as the sand on what? Those are talking about two, two dimensions of inheritance. In, in Abraham, in flowing in Abraham's loins are two, two uh, maybe dimension is the word, is two, two different orders of inheritance. They actually they were both flowing inside of him, the natural and the spiritual. Praise God. I mean, if you believe that, it's, it's, it's true. You don't connect to Abraham through his the natural side. Because there's no gene inside of you that will, they can trace to him. To most of us, at least, praise God. There's no natural gene. You're not a child of Abraham in the flesh. Praise God. But there are people who were children of Abraham in the flesh who partook of the, that natural side of it. But there are those who are also children of Abraham, like we are children of Abraham. By virtue, we are his spiritual seed. So, praise God, we are actually the, spirit, the seed who, the, who should multiply as the stars of heaven. Yes, sir. Mm. Yes, sir. 
The seed who should multiply as the sand on the seashore. There is nat- natural seed. So you are seeing two kinds of inheritance. Inside of Abraham, it has been flowing. Amen. And, we, and that's how they brought us forth by faith. Praise God. In, in Galatians chapter 3, he was saying it that we are through Abraham, we are children of Abraham through faith. And we are blessed by faithful Abraham. So the scripture foreseen that the Lord would justify the Gentiles, the heathen, by faith. Then he preached the gospel to Abraham, saying, In you shall all the nations of the earth. So both the Jewish nation will be blessed in you. Then the non-Jewish nation, which is the Gentile nations, will also be what? Blessed in you. Do you, do you get that? Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. So what you see in that coming and in that, in that pronouncement of blessing, you know, in the mountain of Moriah, that's when the Lord was speak, has been speaking to Abraham before that. Uh, praise the Lord. He was, but at the mountain of Moriah, that's when the Lord now involved the oath. Right? That's when today now have I sworn. He never swore to him before. He just promised. I was just talking to him. But he said, have I sworn today that in blessing I will bless you, then in multiplying. So I will bless you. I will multiply your seed. Then one thing he now mentioned there is that and your seed will possess the gates of their enemies. Praise the Lord. That's Exodus, I'm sorry, Genesis chapter 22. Praise the Lord. Am I correct? So, so the purpose of blessing, when you bless, you bless and bless until multiplication happens. Then the purpose of multiplication is for possession. That possession is an inheritance. It's to inherit. Praise the Lord. It's to do what? Is to inherit. Amen. Amen. Your seed will possess the gates of who? Of his enemies. The Lord had been began to speak to Abraham in Genesis chapter 12, am I correct? Let's read that. Let's go there and see some things. Genesis. Amen. (coughs) Praise God. Are we there? If you are there, say amen. Amen. Thank you, Father. Give you glory. Now the Lord God had said unto Abraham, Get thee out of thy word, thy country, and from thy kindred, and from thy father's house, unto a land that I will show thee. And I will make of thee a great nation, and I will bless thee, and make thy name great. And then thou shalt do what? Thou shalt be a blessing. Praise the Lord. <clears throat> so, so you see, this dealing of God with Abraham is actually a, is a it's a dealing of is actually a dealing of how God wants to how God will there's a wisdom with how the Lord brought Abraham, amen, amen. 
not just not Abraham directly. God was looking for a people. That's the reason. And God had all those things in mind. Are you seeing the first time he came to Abraham? He, he didn't, that first time that he came to him and spoke to him, praise God, concerning what he wants him to do. Amen. That time when he commanded him, praise God, praise the Lord, he spoke to him concerning the nation. The great what? The great nation. He spoke to him concerning the land. In verse 1. Then he spoke to him concerning the nation. Amen. Amen. Now, you might just say, ah, land, nation. Why is it, what is it about land? I want you to just imagine this thing. So, what, what is, why is God so crazy about a land? About, praise God, some people going to a land. Is that to understand? Praise God. Amen. But these things, the Bible, they are, these are all God conversations. These are the things that God think, care, cares about. <laughs> what God is thinking about. If you're asking yourself, what is God preoccupied with? These are the things that He's preoccupied with. That after Noah... And his sons, they began, they fell, and all the world went a certain way. Men were distributed after Tower of Babel. Men were doing their thing. God was thinking. Praise God. God was thinking, and he was thinking and watching until he found one man called Abraham. It means God has still, God had a plan the whole time. Amen. And, and God, God's plan is not a natural plan. God's plan. That's why some people, some people make mistakes. They still think, they are thinking about Israel, that land. They are planning of how will they go and rebuild the temple. And then maybe they feel like all of us in the world will go to Israel and be waiting for Jesus to come. It's not, really, it's not that. Amen. It's God, God doesn't think like this. You know how we think, straight like this. Anything that is not this, in this, eye of, this range of vision, we can't see it. We think one thought it. A time. Some of us think one thought a second. <laughs> Maybe some of us think one thought a minute. <laughs> Praise God. But God is not like that. God, God can be doing one thing, and is that one thing is a million things at the same time. They are, they are, that is His capacity. Is a, God is a spirit. Amen. God is what? The spirit. So. When you say God say Abraham, come and go to come and we'll give you a land and I will give you a, God is not thinking about land. Right? God is there is but there's something about the land that speaks concerning the the mind of God. Amen. Amen. There's something about the land that speaks what? I'll tell you what about land is important. God on the earth, the thing that most represents God on the earth is land. Amen. Amen. The thing that has the most characteristics of God on the earth is land. In terms of in the natural world, do you get what I'm saying? If you ask me, what is the one thing that, I mean, if a real thing, I don't mean buying stocks or anything, 
I mean, what is, what is the one thing that is, that, uh, the, 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 one, the thing that a man can have in this world that you know that there is nothing better than having this? That that when the man has this thing, he's ah, I have yes. Land is the summary of possession. It is is what you have on the earth, the thing to have. And land, there are many ways like land and God. They are very they are just metaphors of each other. God is a land. The uh, the land is is like God. Land is what you live on. It's what brings the food you eat. The, the shelter, even in the natural way. Now, we are the ones who have changed things. That we, have, we now wow. use, praise God. But even the house we still build, it's still, wood, it's, still the, it's still the ground that brought all the resources that we used to make the house. But if you want to go back to the original pattern, they were not building houses. The house that Adam was living was interwoven, was, was prepared on the land. Like animals in the, in, in the places where animals in live, the land has already designed it. Praise the Lord. The land, are you, are you getting the food, shelter, so livelihood comes from land. Land means life. It's like everything. Do you see that? Yes. Are you seeing that? Yes. So that thing called land, land is the, when you say possession, inheritance, land is the real typification of what an inheritance is, what a possession is. Are, are you understanding yes. that? So when God is saying, come, the, uh, come out of thy kindred, so there's something greater than your father, than your, your country, your own kindred, your own father's house and all that. I want to move out, out of those things. I want to go, you to go to a land that I will show thee. A land that I will what? Will show thee. And I will make of thee a great nation and bless thee and make thy name great and thou shalt be a blessing. Praise the Lord. So, so that, so, amen. Amen. That's why you understand the whole journey of Israel. You need to understand what the whole journey of Israel because the, their whole journey is about is a metaphor or a type of the journey, the spiritual journey, yes, praise God, yes, of a soul. Yes, so the way the Israelite, God wanted to bless them and then move them and then make them journey to inherit a land. That's how every soul should journey to inherit a land. And the land which soul inherits is not land you build house on. The land the soul inherits is God. Praise God. The land that what? The land that the soul inherits. The land is God. Amen. Amen. 
There are a lot of things about land. You see the way land is on the earth, all right? You can't, there's a link between land, even land and the souls of men. The life of men. How many of you know that? How many of you know that if you really, really, really have wealth and you want it to stay, God, it's one thing you should buy. Just buy land. It's land. Am I correct? <laughs> Amen. Amen. So, and when you check, check through the, the through history, going back a long time, even to this time of Abraham, there's something about land and and men. And souls. That land, land, the transaction of land is a blood transaction. There's something between land and life of men. There is nothing in this world that man has died for more than land. There's nothing in this world which men have fought for more than land. Land calls for blood. Land looks for blood. It asks for blood. When you see when you see a land, the land is is called who's going to fight for me? Yeah, come. Who's going to die for me? <laughs> come on, come and fight. There are a lot of cultures and nations in the land, in the world where Men cannot resist the call of land. They kill each other. Who is talking is the land that's calling. That's the nature of land. Land. What is the land? The land is saying, who is worthy of me? Who is worthy to? (laughs) Do you think it's ordinary? It's not ordinary. Shall I tell you guys something? There's hardly any land in this world, as you see it now. And when you go there and you see, oh, you guys are living here now. Trace them. They are not the first person who are living there. Somewhere, somebody killed somebody. Do you, I mean, if you know that. Yes, you know that? You know in the U.S. now, what's one of the issues right now? They say the aboriginals say, No, you came here, you killed all of us. This was our land. Wow. Uh, am I correct? That's one of the things they said. They said that the Europeans came, Christopher Columbus, amen, came and what? Genocide and killed everybody. And they blamed the man. The people bastardized the man. They, they said this man is, was a wicked man. He was a genocidal maniac who came and slaughtered all the Indians. But they did not realize that. that you see those Indians who he killed, what they've been doing for hundreds of years is killing each other. <laughs> so the ones who he met there, they're not the ones God created. <laughs> that how they got that was that they killed the people. <laughs> and they've been doing that for generations. <laughs> And generations. So there is no land in the earth that is free of blood that that men didn't die for. Are you getting me? So 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 land calls for the the, the life of men. It calls for the for amen. Are you getting the sense of it? <laughs> so so in this time when God was saying 
a land that I will show you. The land that he's talking about, it wasn't empty. Actually, an example of what I'm saying now is, is right. It's not too far from here. Praise God. How many of you remember that Abraham and Lot were journeying together? Very harmoniously, family, you know, very loving, enjoying life, family life together. They, and they move into a certain terrain where they saw a land who had a strong voice. What was happening? The land began to call them. After a while, what happened? Heard their families, their headsmen began to fight. Began to kill each other. Just automatically. They just started by what? Just sighting of land. Because when you, when you see land, you see future. You see destiny. Land, land speaks to a soul in a way. When you see a land, you see opportunity. You see, the land will be telling you what, imagine what you can do, you do with me. And one of the things they saw was that, let's, let's see that place and let's, let's read it. Praise the Lord. That was, that's the next chapter. Let's read from... Okay, okay, okay. Let's see. Verse, from verse 1, it says, And Abraham went up out of Egypt, he and his wife, and, uh, and all that he had, right? And lot with him into the south. And Abraham was very rich in cattle, in silver, and in gold. And he went on his journeys from the south end, even to Bethel, unto the place where his tent had been in the beginning, between Bethel and Hai, unto the place of the altar where he had made there at the first and there Abram called on the name of the Lord, and Lot also, which went with Abram, had flocks and herds and tents. Praise God. So they were both rich men. And then the land was not able to bear them. The land was not able to do what? That they might dwell together. For their substance was great, so that they could not dwell together. And there was a strife between a herdman and Abraham's cattle and the herdman of Lot's cattle. And the Canaanite and the Perizzite dwelt in the land. Praise God. You see, one of the characteristics of land is that land does not like two people dwelling on, on him. If two people say, okay, we'll both own you and we'll be taking care and living here. After a while, the land will get angry. Because the land means you don't love me enough for you to be sharing me. Uh, Why are you sharing me? Two of you need to decide who loves me the most. (laughs) Praise God. Amen. And praise the Lord. And after a while, what will happen? Fight will start. Until one will, what? In order not to kill each other. Not to kill each other and extinguish each other. They have to decide, we can't both dwell here. We, one of you has to go. Praise God. And, and this was one of the sacrifices of Abraham. You see that? One of the sacrifices of Abraham is that Abraham was able to overcome the love of this land. 
Are you seeing that? Why was he able to overcome of this land? Because there's something about him that he was a faithful man. Right? Because this is not the land that was promised to him. So now, God did not appear to Lot and promise him a land. So it's very easy. <laughs> right? Let's read on. Let's read on. Praise God. And there was a strife between the herdsmen of Abraham's cattle and the herdsmen of Lot's cattle. And the Canaanite and the Perizzite dwell in the land also. And Abraham said unto Lot, Let there be no strife, I pray thee, between me and thee, and between my herdsmen and thy herdsmen, for we be brethren. Is not the whole land therefore before thee? Separate thyself, I pray thee, from me. If thou would take the left, left hand, I will go to the right hand. If thou would depart to the right hand, then I will go to the left. And then Lord lifted up his eyes. Amen. Amen. And beheld all the plain of Jordan. And it was well watered everywhere. Before the Lord destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah, even as the garden of the Lord. Like the land of Egypt, as thou comest unto Zohar, and then Lord chose him all the plain of Jordan. It means he chose for himself, and Lord journeyed east, and they separated themselves from the one from the other. Praise God. And you see, and Abraham then dwelt in the land of Canaan. You see that? And then Lord dwelt in the cities of the plain, and, and pitched his tent towards Sodom. Are you seeing? But the men of Sodom were wicked and sinners before the Lord exceedingly. Now, now, listen, listen, watch something. Then verse 14. And then the Lord said unto Abraham, After that Lot was separated from him, Now lift up thine, now thine eyes, And look from the place where thou art northward, And southward, and eastward, and westward, For all the land which thou seest, I give to thee, Will I give it, and thy seed forward and then i will make thy seed as the dust of the earth so that if a man can number the dust of the earth then shall they number thy seed and arise walk through the land in the length of it and in the breadth of it for i will give it unto thee then abraham removed his tent and came and dwelt in the plain of mamre which is in hebron and built there an altar unto the lord amen are you seeing something here now you saw lord there's a difference between a man who is walking by a promise and a man who is not walking by a promise a man who is not walking by a promise will lift up his eyes that's what Lord that was the problem of Lord Lord they had the ability to by his own self that was verse 10 and Lord lifted up his eyes and beheld all the plains of Jordan and it was well watered, and he saw, he saw everything, and then he chose it. Verse 11, the Lord chose him, all the plain of Jordan. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. But unto Abraham, when Abraham's time came, the Lord had departed, then the Lord said unto him, that you should lift up. So God saying to you, lift up your eyes, is not the same thing as you lifting up your eyes. Praise the Lord. So that, the reason for what made Abraham able to pass this test, of course, right, was because 
he was able to keep the what? He was able to keep, he was faithful to what the Lord. Because when the Lord told him, told him, remember at the beginning, he says, a land that I will show you. 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 So he promised him, I will show you a land. When I show you the land, then you should come out from your, your kindred, your nation, your, your father's house, and then go to a land that I will show you. Praise God. So, I will show you the land. So, of course, at every point, the Lord was leading him. He was seen and he was moving. He was seen and he was moving. He was seen and he was moving. Praise God. That, that kind of walk is the walk of faith. Praise the Lord. That kind of walk is what? Is the walk. Is the walk of faith. The walk of what? Of faith. Praise God. Is the what? The walk of faith. So, a soul will not will not inherit the right thing if he doesn't see the right thing. That was the prayer of Paul for the Ephesian church. He will grant unto you the spirit of wisdom, revelation, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, so that you may know what is the hope of his calling and then the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. So, you must, your eyes must sight the riches of the what? Of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. Praise the Lord. Amen. 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 So, so, it means that so Abraham went to Canaan. He walked by his feet to where? To the land of Canaan. He walked there. The Lord showed him the land. When he got there, the, land actually, the Lord actually told him, your, through your, with your feet, you need to begin to walk. Now, how many of you believe that after he walked and walked and walked with his feet, he didn't own the land? Do you know that? He didn't own. Because just Abraham, he alone, one man, cannot own the land. In fact, when he was walking like this, he must have even been hiding to walk because there are dwellers in that land. In other words, Abraham didn't have the capacity for inheritance by himself. He must multiply. He must multiply. And, and I'm sure even this thing that he said, that they told him he must have kept it a secret. I don't imagine him just walking in Kina and then just gisting with one of the parasites and they say that, that you know, where are you coming from? I'm coming from the land of all of the Chaldeans. Why are you here? You know, the Lord told me that there's a land that, uh, amen. And they will not really deal with what, what will happen? They will bury, they will bury him in, in the land. Amen. <laughs> so, 
So he, he must not have even tried to, he knows. That's why the Lord made it clear to him. It's about thy seed. God kept mentioning about the multiplication. That you inheriting this land is, is contingent on you multiplying. You must multiply to inherit. Praise God. So, of course, and so he gave birth to Isaac. Amen. Isaac gave birth to Jacob. Praise the Lord. Jacob went into Egypt. Right? Twelve of his sons were in Egypt. And then in Egypt, they multiplied in Egypt. And they became a nation inside of Egypt. This was God was, These generations were passing. God had a plan. God was still thinking about the land. He was still thinking about the land. I mean, if you know that God is still thinking about the land. If you, if we just keep playing and we're not serious, and then we say one decade passes, two decades passes, three decades passes, and maybe we are all 50-something, 60-something, God will still be thinking about the land. Because that land, he has sworn. He has sworn about it. How I many of you believe that your life is meant to fulfill the covenant which God made with Abraham? That your, your life is part of the fulfillment of an oath that God made with Abraham. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So the, the way God did not rest, it was concerning the natural seed of Abraham. God did not rest concerning it. He was still, it was behind the scenes. You saw how Moses was born, right? Mm-hmm. Moses was born, God was behind everything. Everything. They were killing kids, but they made sure he wasn't killed. The Lord moved him on the water. Towards the house of what? Of Pharaoh. Praise God. To keep him in that place for him to grow. It was God. God was thinking about the land. God will do many things in your life. And he's, he's thinking about the land. Because sometimes I ask myself, why did God allow? Why, why did God? You know when you think back in your life, you realize that it's an invisible. There was something. This wasn't just me just acting by my will. God was involved. It's, about, it's that thought concerning in a, because God doesn't swear and then go and sleep. It's men who do that thing. To the God, I swear, I will give you. To the God, I will. You, when they didn't ask you to swear, they just ask you. They just. They just ask you, oh, is it possible for you? Just. I Praise God. And then by, by tomorrow, you forgot that you swore something. But God is not like that. God doesn't swear. And when, men, when all men, a whole generation can sleep and forget it, God is still awake. And God is thinking about it because he made an oath. Two immutable things in which it's impossible for God to lie. Praise the Lord. And so that is, that is if you're asking, where is God getting the energy from? The one, the one he's using to pursue you and I. That every day, we, we come to meetings. Sometimes we are tired. But you still come here and you see he's still here fresh. God is not... God, God never, is never... Ah, oh, they've come again. Let's see. What, no, no, no. When you, when you smell the intensity of the Spirit, 
at every moment there is a refreshing of God's heart towards what he has sworn concerned. He is not a man that he should lie. Neither is he the son of man that he should repent. It whom there is no there is no shadow, no variableness of neither is a shadow of turning with him. He doesn't think about turning. Amen. Amen. He is steadfast concerning saving man, making man to inherit the land which he has what? Which he has promised. Praise God. So, so you you see the are you seeing the 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 importance of land now? What land means? The real land, of course, is God. That's why the way God, the way He takes Himself seriously, in terms of Himself being a destination for you, how seriously He takes Himself. That's how seriously He was taking that land of Canaan. Now, when it was time, Pharaoh. Let my people go. Praise God. Pharaoh thought it was a joke. He thought this was just... <laughs> Praise God. Pharaoh thought that... You know, you told us that who a Pharaoh is. In that time. You know, at that time, Pharaoh was the... At every phase of ancient history, there were nations who were the... Those nations were the owner of the earth. At that time, it was Egypt. You know the way Babylon was at the time? That's how Egypt was in that time. So, so imagine a man coming to tell you Pharaoh. Pharaoh is a god on the earth. Praise the Lord. And that's not that just God. He experientially, he is a god. Because he has finished every other kingdom. There's nobody else. Praise God. And then Moses came and said that... Um, <laughs> praise God that... <laughs> Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. He said, let, he said, let my people go that they may what? Come and serve me. Or they may come and worship me. So I will now tell you that if the purpose of him telling Pharaoh to let them go is to worship, it means there's a link between worship and land. Yes, <laughs> it means that they must worship me, but they can't worship me anywhere. Yes, Many of you believe that the that true worship of God will not happen until men arrive at God. But you know, worship will be happening at at degrees, different levels. But that's not is there's what there's worshiping for journeying. He's worshipping. You're worshipping every day. You're worshipping. Mm. Praise God. Hallelujah. Worshipping for what? For journeying. Mm. But the, is your, that worship for journeying is for the actual worship which should happen in the land of inheritance. Mm. So, if, if men can fight because of land, God can also fight and kill because of land. And, and God began to deal with Egypt and deal with Pharaoh. Let my people go that they may come and worship me. You have your own nation. Enjoy your nation. Give me my own people. Let me take my own people. To, I have my own land. Praise the Lord. I want to institute a 
what? A nation upon the earth. Praise the Lord. And, and so you saw God dealt with the Egyptians, then killed all their firstborn. Amen. Then, God, now are you saying killing, 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 killing? How many people did God kill? <laughs> Just to, to get, praise God, to get Israel to arrive at their land. There is nobody who willingly surrendered in the whole, the whole, how many years, decades of journeying to get there. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. They journeyed. He parted the Red Sea. They moved into the wilderness. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. And then they, they began to prepare their feet. Are you seeing this? Now, I want, I want you guys to see something. That this whole conversation about land, inheritance, this is all a love conversation. It's what? It's a love, it's a love conversation. What God was actually telling, was actually telling them was, I, I, need, I need the people to come and fulfill my, my requirement of love. That's what he needed the nation to do. To come and fulfill what? The requirement of love. The requirement of love. Um, <laughs> amen. The requirement of love is the proof of love is when you give your life to inherit the land that God has promised. When you give your life, you must... That journey of wilderness, right, that is put your life on the line. That was the calling of Israel. That, that, is, that is their whole destiny. Is come, want to do want to elevate you as a nation above the earth. Your elevation is not won't be by title. That where well, your father's this, your father's that, so therefore we'll make everything easy for you. Come, no. Is that we, you are going to fulfill something that men cannot do. Do you get that? That men will not naturally do, which is put yourself on the line, come out of Egypt. So when you're coming out of Egypt into the wilderness, of course. You are coming for to, you are moving out of comfort. Praise the Lord into the terrain of death. The wilderness is a terrain of death. I, I mean, if you know, wilderness is also a land. <laughs> wilderness is a land. Wilderness is a terrible land. <laughs> Wilderness is a land that does not, it doesn't appeal to you. Are you getting me? The wilderness is a land that exercises the, the heart of man. It exercises the soul of man. When you look at it, there's nothing palatable. <laughs> 
there. If that if wilderness was like Canaan, you wouldn't find any space in wilderness. The whole wilderness would have been taken by nations of the earth. The whole wilderness would have been inhabited by, by nations. Praise God. Amen. Do you know how many of you know that Christ is the wilderness of God? Christ is that land that nobody wants. But you must pass through him. That's how Christ, that Christ is a design of, of wilderness. The land that nobody wants to stay here. It's not even palatable for natural for men to live naturally. But is a, wilderness is a land that you that strengthens the it strengthens the resolve concerning the land of inheritance. Every day when you are in wilderness, praise God. You, normally, your <laughs> what the wilderness is supposed to do is it's supposed to renew the strength in you. It's, the, it's actually preparing the heart to be strong to make war and to fight praise the lord amen, amen. so the you now find in the wilderness things were happening in the wilderness when israel went into the wilderness they at some point they journeyed and they journeyed to mount sinai mount sinai right so mount sinai was the the place where the commandments was now given explicitly. They don't want to write it in their hearts before, but they did refuse. So the Lord will have to find a way to write out the covenant. Praise God. And then two, he then instituted the tabernacle. Are you hearing in the wilderness. The, so the tabernacle was the worship that was happening where? In the wilderness. Praise God. Are you hearing me? Yes, sir. Now, tabernacle worship is journeying worship. Yes, sir. Tabernacle worship is what? Journeying worship. Is journeying worship. Tabernacle worship is a worship that you are doing to prepare for in for what? For taking of your land, for inheriting in the spirit. Are you getting me? Mm-hmm. Now but with that, that tabernacle is also powerful. The tabernacle can also make you inherit. Praise God. Like the Bible said, they went from one nation to the other, from one people to another. Amen. When he got to closer to the entrance of the land, the promised land, they now found out that there were nations around 
that area. Still wild, almost wilderness. Are you getting me? Are you getting me? Almost, you know, there is wilderness is interesting. There's almost, it's, almost, it's like plain wilderness. If you, if you look at the map, look at the terrain of other places. There's wilderness where there's nothing. Nothing grows, nothing. Then when you began to move closer to the promised land, before the promised land itself, you, one of the places you get, they call it the plains of Moab. Praise God. Before you get to even the land of Canaan, there are those regions where there are, praise God, amen, just before the Jordan. So, so it means that those, that, those, those regions, there is, it's not just a dry land anymore. You've got into a place where, you've gone to the region where there are inhabitants. Who, if you must pass, you must make war. Those realms are the realms of love. Are you seeing that? It's still Christ. But is is that you've gotten to a point in Christ where there is now the requirement of blood. You should have been strengthened enough that this is where bloodshed begins. Am I making sense? Am I making sense? Amen. Now, the purpose of worship, like the, the, there is worship which God really, really desires. It's really the worship. It's, it's not worship outside the land. It's worship inside the land. Now, the difference between worship outside the land and worship inside the land is that outside worship is tabernacle worship. But at the inside worship is temple worship. It's different. You cannot build a temple in a land that you don't own. No man can, no man inwardly can be a temple for God if they haven't come into what? Inheritance of God's land. On the inside. It's upon the land that has been in, inherited. That temple is built. But on the journey to inheritance. There is also a tabernacle experience. Am I correct? The purpose of the tabernacle experience. Is to prepare the soul. To begin to make war. For inheritance. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. To make war for what? To make war for inheritance. So, uh, uh, amen. Amen. Sorry, we can't read uh, too many scriptures now. I just want to describe some things. And I think they are very important. Now, do you know this thing about inheritance? Do you know that it's not only inside the land of Canaan that Israel inherited? If you check the map, then check the scriptures where they shared the land. Do you know that before they crossed the Jordan... They've already shared some inheritance. I think two tribes got inheritance before the Jordan. <laughs> before they crossed into the land. So you are seeing the realm of inheritance begins what, before 
Uh -huh. So it means that there is a realm of inheritance in Christ. If you don't inherit, it is that inheritance in Christ, that's where the first warfare begins. You must prove before Jordan will part. <laughs> you must have done some work already. Jordan, Jordan doesn't part just like that. <laughs> so, <laughs> amen. That Jordan, the feet of who will... In fact, in fact I think there was a transition before Jordan. One of the transitions that happened was Moses transitioned into Joshua. This, that thing was a ruthless thing, <laughs> to be honest. That what happened in that it, it tells you that the, the, there's a strict criteria. What did God said to Moses and Aaron? Not only Moses, Aaron too. You know that Aaron too did not cross. Yes, two of them. God told them to. God said, "You did not sanctify my name among the people." I love you. I know you love me and everything, but there's still something you did that wasn't quite okay. It, that was accuracy. At that point, they got to a point where there had to be accuracy. That there's a testing of the heart. Are you getting that? There's a what? There's a testing of the heart. God had to find somebody. The person who will be able to cross the Jordan, who will be able to lead the people, who will be able to bring the people across the Jordan, amen, amen. into the land of promise. Now, when I say crossing Jordan, we are talking about crossing into God. Am I correct? Yeah, we are talking about crossing from Christ into God. If you're, if you're not seeing plainly what I'm saying, don't worry. There's a lot of teachings that have that's been behind all, all these things and with time you will, you will see it. Praise God. But I believe most of us can see what I'm saying. That when you are crossing crossing into God um, there is a particular kind of spirit. We know that we've read that in the book of, of, um, of um, Ezekiel. Praise the Lord that I will put a new spirit within you first. That spirit will walk on you and then I will give you a heart of flesh. Praise God. Then, then that spirit would have matured inside of you, would have become strong inside of you and dealt with your heart. Then after a while I will put off my spirit. Praise God. Now, the... The land, when, it, when, you're, when you're coming to the realm of inheritance, of course, we really know very clearly that that realm before Jordan, where we did not began to meet inhabitants, right? They, they, saw, they, had, they journeyed through a lot of vacated lands, which are not palatable to journey, but they spent almost 40 years. The majority of the journey was in those realms. You get that. Yes. After a while, God's okay, you've gone around this mountain for too long. It's trying to move, make advancement. 
then they, as they began to do that, they now began to approach realms that are inhabited. Means these are realms. Are you seeing that there are realms of inheritance that if to get this to this realm, you must dispossess inhabitants. That is the love world of Christ. That realm is a realm of charity. That's the realm that Paul was speaking about. That before this place, everything is nothing. <laughs> You've journeyed through the world. Also, you tried, you tried, you, some of you died, everything, but. But but imagine you ate manna and everything. Am I correct? That thing seems like a beautiful story. They could have even ended it there. It would be a wonderful story. But if you ended it there, they have nothing. They are still a destitute nation in the wilderness. They don't have a home. They don't have a they don't have a land. Even though they to a degree they are those of them who were still remaining. Were still uh, some of them were still pe- a people of fate. Mainly the, and of course we know the, the people of fate among them were mainly the tribes of Levi, because so and they are the ones who the, when it was time to cross over they are the ones who the Lord told to, to bear the ark and who had to use their feet to part the the river Jordan for them to pass. Praise God. Hallelujah. <laughs> Amen. Amen. So, so, so you need a, there's a kind of a, a spirit for a, an inheritor. Yeah, is a different framing entirely. A soul who is just okay. Ah, who survive this wilderness? Who will just be here? No, Allah, no, no end in sight. You don't care. You're just there. Praise God. That is one kind of soul. Now, many of them were like that. They had those kind of, that kind of soul. Okay, what are we doing today, Moses? Since you say we are not going to Egypt, we are not going anywhere. What, what are we doing today? Momo. <laughs> they lost sight of what? And then what happened? At that time, it got to a point after when... Praise God. <laughs> Numbers chapter 13. When it was time to think about the inheritance, they now, they now sent 12 spies. Okay, go into the land and let, check what this land looks like. <laughs> Praise God. When, the, the, when you bring the, what is that? Checking of the land is sight into the land. When you bring the sight of the promised land of promise, that's how you begin to know souls. So they begin to bring all kinds of <laughs> stories. That's how you know those who are not all of us. Yes, sir. <laughs> Amen. Wow. <laughs> the, the purpose of that journey into the promised land is to test the spirit of the people. Are they just, you know, are they really interested in inheriting? Mm-hmm. You know, when the news concerning mm-hmm. the, well, the, the arrangement of the land, you know, you know that news is an interesting news. It's almost, it's like, almost like a mixed report. Mm-hmm. 
Because when they came back, they came with evidences to carry the grapes alone. You have to, you have to bring two guys who carried it on their shoulder, just grapes, so not everything. They had to hang everything in. They brought grapes, they brought the, the figs, they, they brought the pomegranates, praise God, out of the land. Those, what, what are those things? Those are the, those are the love fruit. The love fruit. What it is like, like when you are hearing message of salvation, describing salvation, describing redemption, describing in immortality. You know, such messages like these conventions that we just had now. They are such messages. They are, what are they doing? They are describing the land. You know, you know such messages test the spirit of, of your heart. <laughs> now, when they brought those fruit. But they also brought a message around, along with the fruit. They said, look, this fruit is nice and all, but this land is not vacant. Too. There are giants. <laughs> so we are like grasshoppers. You know, such a news would test. So what have you just brought? You brought the, you brought the goodness of the land. But you now also brought the reality that you, it is a warfare. You must be willing to put your life on the line to get there. In other words, this land will take a, a soul that has already died. You know what I mean? That a soul that has already died, that this is my destiny, my inheritance. Amen. So, uh, the, the way they put it in, in Numbers chapter 13 is that there was a man, a guy called Caleb, that in whom was a different spirit. That different spirit is the spirit of Christ. It is the spirit that thinks positively concerning inheritance. The, the, that spirit of Christ is not an ordinary spirit that any man can have. You can't just muster it. If you think that by just strength, uh, when the inheritance comes, we, we will get there. It's not God. It's God now. Will receive God. <laughs> it's not that when it's time for you to sow, what is the sowing? Is the you must be faithful in the wilderness season. Praise God, and you must be faithful in the warfare of charity. It is that charity that is the different spirit. How many of you believe that? Yes. That charity is what? Is the different spirit. It is the, it is the spirit of Christ. That's what charity is. The spirit of Christ. That spirit of Christ, when God begins to be manifested to the soul, it gives the soul, it interprets a different report onto the soul. Let's read Numbers chapter 13. Is it numbers? Let's see. Praise God. So Numbers 13, this was when Moses sent them, right? 
Uh, let's see verse. Um, praise God. Hallelujah. Um, okay. Verse 17 says, Moses sent them to spy out the land of Canaan, praise God, and said unto them, Get you up this way southward and go up into the, the mountain and see the land, what it is. And the people that dwelleth therein, whether they be strong or weak, few or many, and what the land is that they dwell in, whether it be good or bad, what cities they be that dwell in, that they dwell in, whether it be tents or in strongholds, and what the land is, whether it be fat or lean, whether there be food, wood therein or not, and be ye of good courage and bring of the fruit of the land. Now the time was the time of the first striped grapes. Praise God. So they went up and searched the land from the wilderness of Zin unto Rehob, as men come to Hamath. And they ascended by the south and came unto Hebron, where Ahiman, Shishai, and Tamar, the children of Anak, were. Now Hebron was built seven years before Zoan in Egypt. And they, were, they came unto the brook of Eschol and cut down from thence a branch with one cluster of grapes, and they bear it between two upon a staff. So between two of them, they bear it with a staff. See, and they brought of the pomegranate and of the figs. And the place was called the brook Eschol, because of the cluster of grapes which the children of Israel cut down from thence. And they returned from searching of the land after forty days. And they went and came to Moses and to Aaron and to all the congregation of the children of Israel unto the wilderness of Paran to Kadesh, and brought back word unto them and unto all the congregation, and showed them the fruit of the land. And they told him and said, We came unto the land whither thou sentest us, and surely it floweth with milk and honey, and this is the fruit of it. Nevertheless, the people be strong that dwell in the land, and the cities are walled, and, every, and very great. And moreover, we saw the children of Anak there. The Amalekites dwell in the land of the south, and the Hittites, and the Jebusites, and the Amorites dwell in the mountains, and the Canaanites dwell by the sea and by the coast of Jordan. And Caleb stilled the people before Moses and said, Let us go up at once and possess it. For we are able to what? Overcome it. But the men that went up with him said, We be not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than we. And they brought up an evil report of the land which they had searched unto the children of Israel, saying, The land through which we have gone to search it is a land that eateth up the inhabitants thereof. And all the people that saw in it that we saw in it are men of a great stature and there we saw what the giants the son of Anak which come of what the giants and were in our own sight as what grasshopper and then what happened next chapter 14 verse 1 and all the congregation lifted up their one and cried and wept that night. Now, who are these people? 
are they grown men, right? Some maybe in their 40s, 50s, 60s. Some 30s, praise God, they began to do what? <laughs> they, they began to cry. Now they all lost their heart. They all lost their heart because of what was making them cry is that is the concept of praise God. When the giants handled them, what are you getting what I'm saying? They began to see their life. They were thinking about their life. It was this crying was the instinct to now see what they said to Moses. I say, and all the children of Israel murmured against Moses and against Aaron. And the whole congregation said unto them, Would God that we had died in the land of Egypt? Or would God we had died in this wilderness? Praise God. And wherefore had the Lord brought us unto this land to fall by the sword, that our wives and our children should be a prey? Were it not better for us to return to Egypt? And they said, And are you seeing the evil heart of unbelief in the parting? From the living God. And they said, now they've gotten there, they've seen the fruit of the land. Praise God. Then Moses and Aaron fell on their faces before the assembly and of the congregation of the children of Israel. And Joshua the son of Nun and Caleb the son of Jephunneh, which were of them that set the land, rent their what? Their clothes. And they speak unto all the company of Israel, saying, so I think they rent their clothes means they became angry at the conversation of these people. So they speak unto all the company of Israel, saying, The land which we passed through to search it is an exceeding good land. This was their own. What they were seeing was different. Depending on the spirit you have in you, when the sight of God comes, what you see will be different. He says, if the Lord delight in us, then we will, he will bring us unto this land and give it us. How many of us can say this about the land which God has promised? How many of us are this confident? A land which flowed with milk and honey. Say, only rebel not ye against the Lord, neither fear ye the people of the land, for they are bred for us. Their defense is departed from them, and the Lord is with us. Fear them not. But all the congregations bid stone them with what? With, with what? And the glory of the Lord appeared in the tabernacle of the congregation before all the children. And the Lord said unto Moses, How long will these people provoke me? And how long will it be ere they believe me? For all the signs which I have showed among them. I will smite them with this pestilence and disinherit them and will make of thee a greater nation and mightier than thee. He was telling Moses. And then Moses began to, he saw Moses began to intercede for them. Praise the Lord. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Let's, read, let's go down a little bit. Verse 20 says, And the Lord said, I have pardoned according to my word. But as truly as I live, all the earth shall be filled with the glory of the Lord. So because all those men which have seen my glory and my miracles, which I did in Egypt and in the wilderness, and have tempted me now these ten times, God was counting, and have not hearkened to my voice, 
Surely they shall not see the land which I swear unto their fathers. Neither shall any of them that provoked me see it. But my servant Caleb, and because he had another spirit with him, and had followed me fully. Say, say fully. fully. And that word for fully means wholly, completely. So it means others were following, but they were not following fully. Just him will I bring into the land whereunto he went, and his seed shall what? Possess it. Praise the Lord. Amen. Um, praise God. Now, so you see, praise God. Hallelujah. The when you are, when you are approaching the um, realm of inheritance, praise God. When you are approaching what? When you are approaching the realm of inheritance in the spirit. If there is anything lacking in your faith, yeah. it will be exposed. Yeah. Yeah. It will be what? Exposed. exposed. Because um, the love terrain exposes the exposes secret loves. Anything the soul is still holding on to. You can say see that these men, their lives were too dear to them. So they are not willing to put their life on the line for the inheritance of the inheritance that God had promised and God has sworn to their fathers to give unto them. Praise the Lord. <clears throat> Amen. Amen. So you see that, that realm of charity that Paul was speaking about, it is that, and that's the, the that realm. We're not even talking about the land. We just looked at the land a little and see the, to see the requirement of the land. Praise God! But that realm of warfare, where it's beginning to be time to inherit, no inheritance can be received in the spirit without warfare. Without the there's something called jeopardy of, of your life. Right? It means that it's the willingness to lose it. That's, where, that's what counts in the spirit. Jesus put it this way. He said, he said if you, he that keepeth his life will lose it. But, do you, do you get that? So, when you are trying to keep it, then you will lose it. Praise God. Hallelujah. So, so that love, the love, the purpose of the love of Christ, the purpose of the love of Christ, which is charity, the love of Christ is, is really to, is to expose and to, is the realm of judging the loves of men. How giving, if a man has held things back, in the season of charity, it will show up.
Do you have a question? Yes. Okay. okay. So it's just like these people yeah. um, that they can give evil report and then the other people like that they can't stand in the air and it was just that that um, because of accuracy we're not allowed to see the land. So I'm guessing these are all things that can happen to different souls, yeah. different hearts when they're about to get into the return to mm-hmm. So like um, if you are comparing this to um, joining Christ to God, yeah. um, I mean, these people will be not allowed to enter the land. But in the terms of Christ and getting to God, when you get to this point, all these things are exposed. Yeah. Is it going to be the same situation where you will not, <laughs> will not be able to um, enter into God, or this exposure is to correct things or help, and help you or something? Praise God. I have a question. So she said that this at this point is it to correct things and to help or is it to praise God? Amen. Anybody who's who is joining with God um there is a way they administer movement in the spirit of souls. Now you see, the Israelites they didn't come to this point on the third year after leaving Egypt. It wasn't for. It wasn't that it was too far away. They actually said that if you actually check the actual time it should have taken, if you plot the the distance that in 40 days, they could have arrived at the promised land. It was just, let's just walk straight. So, it means that there was administration. The time when it was time to now begin to advance towards the promised land, is God that came and said, okay, you have gone around this mountain for too long. It's time now. This was after 40 years. Are you... So, and it's possible God could have seen that and say, okay, there may be one or two. There may be two people. <laughs> or just a few. Maybe they are, he must have looked at them and he must have also looked at the Levites. Because those Levites too, there's a way. Those ones, Levites, they've already beforehand, before, before they, they saw battle, praise God, they already died. Those Levites. So God wasn't even, they were set apart already. <laughs> Among the people, you you understand that the Levites were the ones who had, who were were handling the tabernacle, who were the in charge of their worship, who were giving doing the sacrifices. Praise God, who were handling the tabernacle. Are you get what I'm saying? So God has already taken them. Are you, are you getting my point? So, so the the you will not the Levites will not get to that place and be afraid of dying. They've died a long time ago. When they were, they were making advancement into the land, they are the Levites, they are the ones who stayed in front. I'm sure the grab guys with, with this thing, they were at the back. <laughs> there is what you, there's what you call macho, but there's the real, real macho is spiritual. Those, were, those priests were handlers of covenant. So that thing, that this kind of fear wasn't in their heart at all. The priests, they've already died to a level. 
Praise God. I'm answering your question now. Praise the Lord. What I say, the priest has already what? How did they die? There's a time when they rejected their life. Two, two occasions. At the river of what? Waters of Massa and Meribah. When the whole Israel were murmuring and all of that. Praise God. And one of the signs was that they began to measure separation from their natural um, their natural praise God. They are, what he said was they did not, they did not remember their, their parents. Praise God. What that language was using there was they lost their natural attachment. Praise God. They lost their what? Natural. You can picture how Israel would have been journey. You know, each family where they were intense. Family were together, each house. So as they are joining together, the father is protecting his own his wife and his own children. They are all taking care. There's that attachment. Are you seeing that? So now the problem with that kind of thing is that it is against peoplehood. Yeah. It's against it's against people. It's from such Places that's where murmuring rises from. That's where because they, when you are Israel, there should be no greater affinity yeah. that connects you, right, than the affinity you have for the, the covenant. Praise the Lord. Are you seeing that? So when all the Israelites were murmuring and all, it's the Levites who came out and stood for Moses. And stood behind Moses. They could see beyond their life. In the, you know it's not easy. During that time they could, they could esteem the covenant. The promise higher. Than the temporary discomfort. That Israel was murmuring against. So there's something that they, they found on the inside of them. Praise God. Do you see that? So, so you have the Levites. right? Then you now have all those other... Um, tribes. Now, bef- by the time the Lord came, uh, let, me, let me just give you the long and short answer. <laughs> Sorry, the simple answer. I'm trying to di- be diplomatic about it. <laughs> but when they did this thing, God was very explicit about what He's going to do to them. More than once in that chapter, He said to them, Your carcasses will fall. In the wilderness here. Let, let's read it's there. I forget which verse is here. Verse what? 43? 33, praise God. You see, see that? It says, verse 32, it says, But as for you, right? He spoke about the. Okay, he said it first in verse 29, right? He said here, Verse 27, verse 26, says, And the Lord spake unto Moses and unto Aaron, saying, How long shall I bear with this evil congregation which murmur against me? He said, What does he mean, how long shall I bear? It means he didn't start bearing with them. He was counting it ten times. He mentioned the number. So this wasn't a thing of, well, it's just, it's just a weakness. They just. <laughs> when you've been in the wilderness for 40 years, it's not a weakness. It's not just, ah, it's just a weakness. They are trying to overcome their weakness. They are learning to love God more. No. God arranged program for them. 
Even when they refused the writing of God's law in their heart, God brought a tabernacle. God found a way. Are you getting what I'm saying? That be reading the law. I know the, the, the secret behind that tabernacle, when you divide the stones, is about loving God. That's what the, the, the tabernacle is teaching. It was supposed to be Levites, go and teach these people how to love me. Right? How to love me, how to love their neighbor, how to love me, how to love their neighbor. That's the summary of the. So that, so that by the time they are getting to this point, God has done everything. The purpose of the commandment, remember, is to, is to, to create love culture for love for God, love for inheritance. Are you seeing that? So, so God was, when Moses was, was talking to God, you know, <laughs> Moses didn't know what God, amen, thank God for meek man. Moses was a meek man. He had a feeling for the people. Praise God. But God knows the hearts of men. God knows. When, when God was tarrying around that mountain, around the mountain, he was just, could let them keep going. One year, two years, three years, four years. Five years, six years. You know, that whole time, for the majority of it, they were with the tabernacle. With the tabernacle. They were with the, the ark, they were with, the, with covenant. They, they, were, they were among the priests. So, so God was waiting, 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 waiting. There's a point God wait, means that God will give every soul an ample time. Before God came and said, okay, it is time to move forward, God has given those, these souls and what? An ample time. And the fact that he mentioned it, that they've done this thing, ten, it means he was counting it. He was taking, he was taking account. He said, that how sh- he said, how long shall I bear with this evil congregation which murmur against me? I have heard the murmurings of the children of Israel which they murmur against me. Say unto them, as truly as I live, saith the Lord, as ye have spoken in my ears, so will I do what to you. Your carcasses shall fall in this wilderness. And all that were mom- numbered of you, praise God, according to your whole number from 20 years old and upward, which have murmured against me. Doubtless, means don't doubt it. You shall not come into the land concerning which I swear to make you dwell therein. Save Jacob, the son of Jephunneh, and Joshua, the son of Nun. But your little ones, which should, which should be a prey, then will I bring in, and they shall know the land which ye have what despised. But as for you, your carcasses, they shall fall in the wilderness, and your children will wander in the wilderness forty years, and bear your whoredoms until your carcasses be wasted in the wilderness. Praise the Lord. Amen. Praise God. So. Um, there is God God will always give a lot of time for every soul you need to understand God's heart God does not God will not leave a soul if there is still a chance that that soul will respond to God Praise the Lord. So there will be a time when the uh, there is a revelation of God individually brings men progressively into the revelation of His love. 
He uses faith, like he was using the wilderness for them. He uses faith, he brings revelation upon revelation so that they can take journey in faith. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. But you see, there will be a time when, you know, God has an individual plan. God has a collective plan. You see that thing playing out here. For example, you see the, each individual had their own proximity to the tabernacle at a level. Praise God. You see the priests, through their own dealings, they were able to come closer to him. Are you seeing that? Even though that tabernacle was not a temple, and they haven't gotten into the land, but to a level, according to their own work, they are able to deal with God at a certain level of closeness. Do you see that? So that, that's the individual side to it. But then there is what you call the collective, and that's one thing you must understand about the Bible. Right? That there is, that collective is, in, in a sense, that collective, God, because of the collective plan of God, the general plan of God, God does not really have eternity to wait for one man. And there's a way God, there's a way God calibrates the times that every man will have enough time. That every man, if you are being too slow, there's a way the, the collective season will come and push you, not you. It will wake you up. If you are sleeping and then others are journeying, you know what I mean? Because of their journeying, it will be changing the times. The time will raise the expediency, even for you. There's a way it plays out. So you see, as each of them had their own, their own different dwelling, their own different place in their heart, they were collectively making an advancement towards the inheritance. <clears throat> do, you, do you see that? So, but there will come a time when it will become end times on the earth. In that end times, anybody that refuses to walk by faith and become a lover of God, whether you like it or not, the glory, the knowledge of the glory of God will cover the earth as the waters cover the sea. And that time, as some are, we've learned all these things, some are moving into everlasting life. It's that season that we'll be pushing others into shame and everlasting content. It's the season that's pushing them into it. At that, there will be a time, men, guys who have been given chance to love God, walk by faith and fall in love with Him, and they refuse, they're not loving Him. There will be a time God's revelation will begin to increase. That thing will turn into hatred in their heart. The more he's revealing himself, the more they begin to hate him. That is, that is where the spirit of the anti-Christ comes out from. They become anti. That was John's tip. That's what John was warning about. John was warning about the potential of souls who are on the path of Christ to become anti-Christ. That was what he was warning about. That it's, he said it's the last time, and you know that there are many antichrists. So the last time is what unveils the antichrist nature. When so, when journey of faith is this opportunity of faith walk is coming, is chance to walk by faith and then to walk into love. 
and that thing should not be abused by any soul. It's not in your hand. It's not, it's not up to you to say, okay, I will take all my time when I'm ready. God, you don't know. It's not just you. God has souls who are journeying. And, and all those souls determine how, what, the time. Uh-huh. I, I don't know if I answered your question. Did I answer your question? Yes. The question is that there will be time given for every soul. That's the answer to journey. And there's ample time for repentance. There's ample time for us to walk by faith and then fall in love with God. Fall in love with Christ first. Praise the Lord. Because Christ, that Christ love is what every soul must get there. Any soul that doesn't, hasn't loved Christ doesn't have anything. It means they can just throw you away. Praise God. Amen. Yeah, yeah, sorry. It's like it sounds harsh. It sounds harsh. You know, people like this thing and say, I'm born again, nothing, nothing can happen. I'm going to help. It's a lie. Now you feel that way because powers that can separate men are not yet unleashed on the earth. The amount of wickedness, the amount of darkness that can, thick darkness that can separate men. You know, when you say, as I should assist you, Arise and shine, your light is come. The glory of the Lord is risen upon you. Then I say, darkness will cover the earth. Is it, is, it this, is it the sky that darkness will cover? It's men. And gross darkness, the people. Means people will have, some men will have capacity for gross darkness. So imagine someone who has been given opportunity to love God and they refuse to love him. They are playing around. There will be a time when the darkness that is unveiled and that is released on the earth their tiny faith can withstand it. It will overcome that tiny faith you have. That's why you must love Christ as quickly as possible. You know how this time, you know sometimes the difficulty, the deceiving part, is the deceptive part is because we are joining together. Right. You know, all the Israelites who are just counting the number, <laughs> mixed multitude, they're just there making up the number. They are not dealing with their heart. They were not trying to align in their heart. The thing is that one day, the decision to go to war is an individual decision. Because when it's time to go and make war, every man will be worrying for himself. <laughs> No matter how much your brother loves you, he can't yes. make work for you. Yes. He's worrying for himself. Yes. The way the collective's experience cannot carry you. Mm. Rather, it is your own strength that adds as a strength to the collective. Yes. So, another one of the dangers too, to be around the company and then you are not, you are not doing what? You are not advancing in your your faith yes, and then your love. Yes. You are not pressing into charity. Yes, you are not pressing to inherit. Yes. After a while it will tell. Yes, because when darkness begins to war against men, mm. darkness wars against men individually. Yes, yes, darkness will say, you guys are the, light, the word of righteousness company. Word of righteousness is strong so I cannot break through. <laughs> he doesn't like it like that. Is every man is facing the darkness. Is, the, is how much light you have. Is how much inheritance you have that matters. Christ is not in the air hanging. He's inside men. Is how much of his love has been entrenched inside the souls of men.
So a soul that hasn't fallen in love enough. Imagine that is that's so hearing tales of giants. You start with wing on your body, right? <laughs> Praise God. You know that name Israel can be deceptive. We are all Israel. Paul said, not all Israel is Israel. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. So it's very clear that way. Say way. way. The way to God is Christ. Mm. In other words, anybody who will have God, you must fall in love with Christ. Mm. You must have charity. Mm. Charity. First, Second Peter. We opened it, but we didn't go further into it. But that's Second Peter, praise God. He spoke about the divine power. Then he spoke about the divine nature. He says, by the divine power, you, should be, you become partakers of the divine nature. Right? Both are divine. So, everything divine means God. Everything divine is love. The divine power is love. The divine nature is also love. The divine power is the love of Christ. The divine nature is the love of God. How many of you know it's not all of Christ that is divine power? That divine power is when the, you come into the potential for God. That potential, is not faith alone doesn't constitute the capacity of a soul to receive God. The power of a soul is called, it's love power that can receive God. It's not just faith alone. It's love. You see, that divine power has given unto us all things that pertain to life and godliness. Then now we're going to tell you, okay, to get to this divine power, there are things you must do. Start with faith. You know, it's faith, hope, charity. Start with faith. Add to your faith virtue. You must start with Are you seeing that? You start with faith. Add virtue. Virtue is still faith. It's, and it's not just faith. It's faith that has increased a bit. Then you have to virtue knowledge. Knowledge is still faith. Praise God. Hallelujah. After knowledge, you have to add temperance. You've moved into hope dimension. Temperance and patience. You add temperance, add patience. That is hope. A soul that has temperance and patience is a soul that has hope. Is a soul that's ready for inheritance. Do you get that? Yes, sir. It says, be imitators of those who through faith and patience inherit the promise. So, faith and patience, once you are on the border of patience, you are on the border to enter the realm of inheritance. After, once you, once you, are, you have, when you say a patient soul, hey, this soul is now a patient soul. That patience is a great thing in the spirit. That patience is the 
point in Christ that this soul is a candidate to start to inherit. Once a soul has become patient, you have the patience of Christ. You, the door to charity has, been, has opened unto you. Do you see that? Yes, sir. Through faith and patience. Then the next thing is inheritance. Yes, sir. Those who, through faith and patience, inherit the promise. After patience, the next thing is godliness. So after you add to patience, what? Godliness. The godliness is the beginning of inheritance. Yes, sir. Does that make sense? Godliness is the first attribute of charity. God, say godliness. Uh-huh. We say Christ is the godly man. The, the godly man is the charity of Christ. Christ is vast too. You know that, right? From outer court, you already enter Christ. But someone in the outer court is not a godly man. You believe that? Someone who is in the outer court doesn't receive the divine power yet. Although he's in Christ, he's a realm in Christ, but he hasn't received the divine power. Yeah, because those realms are not yet realms of inheritance yet. The realm of inheritance is at that end part of the holy place. In the in the temple design, that's where you find that you find the Praise God. The, um, amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. That place is almost like it's like a beginning. It's, 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 <laughs> you know, when you're entering, coming to the temple, the outer court, you see an, an altar. Mm-hmm. Then you see the veil mm-hmm. to enter. Mm-hmm. When you're coming to the second veil, you also see an altar. And you see what? Another, another veil. So you see that realm of the altar mm-hmm. as well. That realm of the altar just before the veil is the, realm, is the place where the man, who has, the man who has gotten capacity. Someone who is in you know, that place also, there are different ways the Bible describes it. It's also the place of standing. Yes. Those who stand by night in the presence of the Lord. It's not everybody who, who is standing. That standing place is that is a charity realm, is a realm of standing. That's where you begin to that's where you begin to relate, is a love conversation at that point. What standing means is a sign of inheritance. You can stand at a point. You can stand in a place. Right? Having been justified by faith, we have peace with God. That's that realm. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom also we have access into this grace in which we stand and then rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. So that realm of the grace in which you stand, that's that realm of charity. That's where men, that's where Christ, the Christ man, stands in the hope of the what? Of the glory of God. Because you have come to a place of inheritance. Does that make sense? Yes, sir. So in that realm, there, there are also graduations there. Godliness. Then after a while, you now begin to see brotherly kindness. That's still Second Peter chapter 1. Yes, sir. 
Then after brotherly kindness, what? Charity. So you see the journey from faith to charity in that second Peter. When you've arrived at charity, that charity is the most is the more excellent way. That's what Paul referred to as the way into the holiest. See, which is not yet made manifest. As long as there's a worldly sanctuary, the way into the holy, holiest is not made manifest. Amen. Amen. That way is also what he, uh, he calls a new and living way consecrated for us through the veil, which is his flesh. Are you getting me? It's the, he call it the more excellent way. It's also a new and living way. It's, it's a way of, it's called charity. It's a love. Do, do you get that? When a soul gets there, the, the way you see God is different. When you, when, is that the point where you begin to see a land to inherit in the spirit? And when you see the land in, from charity point, what you see are not evil reports. You are, at that point, you are ready to war. Remember, that's the point where the dragon comes. It's a time of, of war. That man child who was in the womb of the woman had gotten to that dimension. Praise God. And then he, the, the dragon came. He came to make war with, with the child of the woman. So that place is a time of is a time of warfare. Are you seeing it? You can see from both Old Testament and from from the New Testament. Say way. Way. More excellent way. Now, when you've added, say added. All these things you've added for your faith, you've added virtue, you've added to virtue, you've added knowledge. From knowledge, you've added what? Temperance to temperance, you've added patience to patience, you've added godliness to godliness, you've added brotherly kindness. Then you've took brotherly kindness, you've added charity. When all those things are in you and abound, what will happen? Then and what? Abundant entrance. Let's read it. We are closing now. Second Peter. Say abundant entrance. So, so the more excellent way is to give an abundant entrance to the soul. Verse 8. For if these things be in you and abound, they make you that you shall neither be barren nor unfruitful, right, in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ, but he that lacketh these things is blind, cannot see afar off, and hath forgotten that he was poured from his own sins. Wherefore, they rather, brethren, give diligence to make your calling and your election sure. For if you do these things, ye shall, what? Never fall. You are, because you are able to stand. Praise the Lord. So for then, so an entrance shall be ministered unto you where? Abundantly into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So, of course, these people have entered the kingdom already since. But there's what you call the everlasting kingdom, which is, the, which is God's own kingdom. Praise the Lord. Father, we thank you. Thank you, Lord.
Are we blessed today? Yes. Let's just begin to thank God for us thanking for His word. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. I want us to pray. I just want us to pray one one upon prayer. Um remember Jesus he gave this analogy. He said the kingdom of God is as though a man will find a treasure in the field. Then when he finds it, he will go and, and sell all that he has. And he, he said he won't tell anybody. He will keep it secret in his heart, inside. And then that, that thing is a, is a hope that he has. Then he will go and buy all that, sell all that he has, and go and purchase that land because of that treasure which he has found. That thing is an attitude that I want us to pray for. Yes. That the Lord will give us. That we should be willing. Because all he has is his life. And that's one thing with the land that has God's treasure in it. It will demand all that you have. Let us pray that the, the strength to have such a mind. The willingness to give all. To give everything. To, as he said of Caleb, he followed me fully. Followed me means he gave all in following. Let us pray that the ability to give all, to give all, that the Lord will give us that ability and strength. In the name of Jesus, send Tedeka, Moshe, Rishi, Labad, Ebrana, Ebrenda, Ebrenda, Tanke, Rasko, Tanke, Rasko, Tanke, Tanke, Jesus. Thank you, Father. 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 Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Lord, you said upon Mount Zion, there shall be deliverance, there shall be holiness, and the sons of Jacob will possess their possession. Lord, this is your mountain. You have you've not asked us to seek you in vain. 
Lord, we are seeking you as you have asked. We are just responding in prayers to your revelation. These are not my words. These are your words. These made so, shown so clearly through the scriptures. Your desire for us. Your promise for us. Father, as we have responded in prayers tonight, registering our quest, Lord, to partake of this inheritance of the saints in light, Lord, I pray that help from heaven Amen. will come upon every heart. Amen. Every heart who has made a sincere quest, Father, tonight, who has lifted up a sincere quest, desiring, Father, to come into love, into the love of Christ. Father, I pray that let the release of grace that is beginning to be evident in this season Amen. for such entrance, for such advancement and positioning, Amen. I pray let every heart tonight partake of such grace. Amen. We expose our heart to help. Amen. What we cannot do by ourselves, yes. not by power, not by might, but by your spirit. Amen. I ask, let this help find every one of us. Amen. You said to Paul when it was time for exaltation, and a messenger of Satan was sent to him to buffet him. When he when he sought, he raised his quest to you. You told him that your grace is sufficient. And your strength is perfected, even in weaknesses. I ask, turn every weakness in us Amen. into strength. Amen. I pray every one of us, our report concerning our inheritance will be that we have a different spirit. Amen. We will think favorably concerning your promise. Amen concerning your land of inheritance. Amen. Thank you, our Father. You, I ask we will begin to reap fruit, Amen. tangibility Amen. of these things. We will come into ownership, Lord. Amen. I ask may every soul become partakers Amen. of the divine nature. Amen. Thank you, our Father. You, we give all the glory to your name. Amen. Holy Spirit, this is your message. Yes. Continue to minister it. Give birth to this hope. Give birth to this hope. Within every heart that hears this word. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, our Father. We give all the glory to your name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. You will between the cherubim shine forth. You will between the cherubim shine forth. You will between the cherubim.